I think, you know, there are, there are people in life who just need to be uh, the guide, the, per the person who makes decisions, who executes on a plan, who wears the result. And, um, and there's no better, better way to, uh, to be in that position than to be a business owner or to be an entrepreneur or a, a leader in an organization. Um, you know, with responsibility can come, you know, follows a lot of good things and a lot of challenging things, right? But, but that's an exciting career. That's a, that's a career worth having. Uh, there's a lot of people you run into who are just clocking the time, putting in the time. And, uh, and that's never an existence that I, that I really saw for myself, you know. So I learned that pretty early. And thankfully, um, I, I was always quick to say, yeah, that's more responsibility. That's, that's more mandate. I want that, right? And, and that was always a compass. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Super excited to introduce you to Andrew Fitzpatrick, our guest today on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Andrew is someone in his mid-career, uh, spent, a, spent a bunch of time at Student Works, and he'll speak to that, and then has spent his time really as a, as a sales manager growing through organizations. Right now, he's responsible for about $100 million worth of business with an enormously industry-leading company called Nedco, which you likely would not have heard of. It's a business-to-business -business organization. Very, very successful, looking for a huge transformation that Andrew's part of. And uh, he's just got so many nuggets of wisdom and expresses himself so powerfully. I know you're going to love our podcast. So, you know, just one thing for you is, is, it, is if you know of a young leader looking to really make it in this world really powerfully, really exceptionally, Please share about the podcast. Uh, also, tell them about our, our program, the Student Works Management Program. And I've got an email for you that goes directly to me, chris at leaderspodcast.ca, chris at leaderspodcast.ca. If you know of anyone, if you want to talk to me or give me any feedback about the podcast and what we can do more. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And I know you're going to love this podcast. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for uh, spending time today on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Well, it's just my pleasure to be here, Chris. Thanks. Well, no, that's that's wonderful. And um, so, so Andrew, tell me what you were like before our program. Well, Chris, you know, before the program, I, I was, uh, you know, I was an ambitious young kid. I, I was involved. I, I got good grades at school. I, you know, I was, I had a band, uh, you know, I, very social. I had, uh, you know, very involved in music, um, in sports. I was pretty competitive in nature. You know, I was pretty outgoing. Uh, so, you know, so I was all those things. I think, I think before the program though, I, I, I don't know that I really found an outlet, uh, professionally in which I could channel that. For sure. For sure. No. And that's certainly quite normal. And what was your biggest frustration as a, as a teenager? I, I think really just finding an opportunity to stand out, you know, break out of the group. Uh, mm. You know, I think uh, I remember working at a grocery store 
uh, thinking to myself, man, this isn't me. I, I have more potential than this. And, and luckily, luckily, I was right about myself. So that's good. Otherwise, right. I wouldn't be there. But, um, you know, but I think, I think, I think uh, you know, just looking for an opportunity to, to really break out of the uh, crowd, you know, seeing big class sizes, you know, trying to understand, hey, what makes me different from these people? How am I going to get sort of a, a breakthrough ahead, uh, find, find a path that's going to be strong for myself? And I think, I think, you know, just navigating that can be a bit frustrating when you're a little younger, you don't have the experience and things like that. And it's a catch-22, really, you know, right. uh, the, the thing you need to succeed is the thing you don't have. So how do you, how do you navigate that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, so what do you still rely on from uh, student works in the program? Oh, so much, right? I mean, we could, we could talk about this for, for an hour. I, you know, starting with work ethic, um, you know, my buddies are at bars and on beaches and, and, and having fun in the summertime. And I'm, I'm getting up at the crack of dawn, uh, organizing teams, uh, you know, meeting with clients and, and working 80 hours a week and they're thinking, what the heck are you doing to yourself? And, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm investing. Uh, right. The work ethic is just a, a, a monster. Getting that real sort of uh, experience uh, early on to set a pace, because really career is, career is all about pace. You know, I, I remember after winning a, an award at uh, Reliance, I, I had dinner with the CEO and he said, um, you know, Andrew, career, your career is like a slingshot. Think of the, 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 the band. Think of the band in a slingshot and that tension right. that the band has to have. And if that tension is right, you'll, it'll propel you really well in your career. If, it, if it's not, if it's too loose, you know, you don't get the arc. If it's tight, it'll snap. You know, yeah. finding that tension is just, just so, so important. Um, uh, and and I and I guess if there was another thing I really rely on uh, from the program, it would be um, the interpersonal understanding personality types. One thing that uh, you know, my coaches all invested in me was just sort of understanding, you know, how different people click, what motivates them, how do you identify different personality types, how do you resolve conflict with them. Uh, you know, all of those types of things that help you, because ultimately that leads to. How do you attract people? How do you build good teams? How do you how do you sell uh, your products and services? All of those types of things, just a foundational skill uh, in order to succeed. Yeah, and it's like building culture. And I know, you know, um, you know, for our young leaders, Andrew's speaking about, um, you know, first of all, we have one part of our program which is Predictive Index, which teaches, um, you know the way the way people are people's personality types and then we can use that to actually coach them understand their motivations understanding their drives we can use that to sell the people understand why people act the way they act so those things are really important then andrew was also talking about something that we have in our veteran program which is conflict management how do we manage conflict effectively and what are ways not to <laughs> on both sides as andrew was saying you know on on aggressive part being too aggressive on a part that's again being too passive and not managing conflict so we spend a bunch of time on that and one of the things about andrew um is you know people spend i always like to see see our program kind of like a um you know a slice of their life you know typically people kind of spend a slice of their life where you know how long will people spend at you know, student works management program. And Andrew's, you know, literally one of the people spend the longest 
uh, a real long time, and, and we thank Andrew for all his contributions, you know, um, multi-year operator, and then two years as a district manager around being a dean's list student at the University of Guelph, and then four or five years full-time in the business um, as, a, as a district manager handling a huge team. And, um, you know, so that was the first part of his career progress. And, you know, what was that like and how did that help set up your career post-student works? Well, so post, so coming out of that experience as a general manager, uh, I was, I was a very hot, hot commodity. Uh, there was a company, one of the fastest growing HVAC companies, uh, Reliance Home Comfort, going through transformation, uh, new markets, trying to expand into new markets, uh, get new footholds. And they were looking for uh, entrepreneurial spirit. They were looking for strong leaders who had, uh, had, had built and led teams to real performance. Uh, and had that real sort of DNA and culture around uh, high performance sales. Um, I, I remember, so first of all, uh, a relationship I had with someone in the program, another GM, led me to an interview. And I think, uh, you know, within, within a couple of weeks, I was, I was offered a position. Just it was, it was very, very fast um, because they, they, they knew that this training ground, uh, first of all, people who had come from this type of a program were very successful. There's already a right. track record. Um, right. But also they, they, they knew that these were the new skills they needed in their leadership in order to get their business to the next level. So just to put that into context, I'm I'm 27 years old, you know, I'm I'm walking into a brand new business and all of the people who report to me are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, I one, you know, so all walks of life, all ages and and they had trust and confidence in me to 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 lead, to motivate, to hold accountable these people you know, who had been in the industry for a very long time. So right. think of what type of confidence does it take to be able to walk into that scenario and lead? Um, you know, that's how the experience as a GM set me up. And you know, at the time, the first mandate was, you know, build and lead the team locally. Right. Within six months, they made their first large acquisition in Ottawa. And they needed someone, they needed their, their top guy, basically, to uh, go in and transform a $15 million branch to a $30 million corporate uh, presence in the Ottawa market. And someone who can lead those people who are already successful at what they do, but lead them through this change process of becoming more uh, process-driven, uh, more... KPI and results oriented, uh, someone who could really uh, bring in new talent and find ways of bringing new product to market. And I was the shortlist for that uh, opportunity. You know, it essentially came up and bang, I was on a plane, moved my family and, uh, and, and, and didn't look back. So just a phenomenal experience. And, and again, when I go back to that slingshot analogy, that trajectory was set. You know, like right. that, I was off and climbing the ladder very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think one of the things I love to coach is, is that it's really important how you enter an organization. Because if you enter an organization like, wow, this person's really great. Look at this person's track record. What do they, they can perform for us? It's totally different than someone's just recruited. 
okay, they're just one of the dozen or 14 people or 20 people. No, you want to be recruited like there's a beam on you. And that's that's how you recruited Dave Kenny, who's who's been very, very successful in his career. And one of your 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 team members came and said, Oh, he's really great. And then all of a sudden, again, they saw all these things. And and again, it's not surprising that early on there was a mandate, they picked you, right? And they saw you in live action too, right? So they didn't just, you know, again, no one trusts a quote, you know, I shouldn't say they don't trust. A resume is a resume, a track record is a track record. They want to actually see you in the field. They want to see you creating results for them. And then once they do, holy, okay, let's see what we can do. That's absolutely true. And, you know, that's interesting. That's a really uh, good point you made. People aren't recruiting you for the role. You know, when they're recruiting you for a sales manager position or a director of sales position, they're not recruiting you to fill a hole. They're recruiting Mm -hmm. for the transformation you're going to have on their business. because. The economy is changing, the global market's changing, and businesses that don't adapt die. And mm-hmm. the only people that can bring business to through that and help them adapt are strong leaders. And, and you know, uh, you're not sitting in a chair. You have to bring something new. And, and when I reflect on a couple of the other positions I've had in my career, that's absolutely true. Um, my most recent experience is in one of the largest electrical distribution companies in, in Canada. and while they were work, they were looking for uh, a regional sales director. They they needed someone to come in and help them transform their sales processes. So someone who's going to really bring in, um, you know, new tools, new technology, new behaviors, regiments, and someone who's going to have a real impact on sales culture. So right. you know, that's. Yeah, and on the job posting it said uh, manage a sales team, but you know, obviously, right. obviously, it goes well beyond that, and that that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. So, so I know you moved. Um, like, so, and one of the things again for our young leaders, I wanted to sort of again just you know have them see you know these successful you know young and you know professionals who are moving successfully through their career. How did you move? You know, what happened to have you sort of look at G and K services like? You know what had you you know feel like maybe it was time to leave Reliance, uh, et cetera, and 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 how did that process work? Yeah, well, I think that starts with just sort of a guiding principle I've always had, which is I've never chased the money; I've chased the opportunity, the experience to make myself better, to expand right. my, you know, my uh, my skill set, uh, especially through your twenties and early thirties. It's just so critical. That that's. So when I, you know, I had, I had uh, successfully completed a mandate at, in Reliance Ottawa where, right. you know, we had more than doubled the business in two years. I won a president's award, which was, you know, given to, you know, uh, uh, three people out of 1500 kind of thing. And, <laughs> wow. uh, and just had a, had a, just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal experience, you know, but it, it, it was pretty. Um, it was pretty soon uh, in Ottawa that there's another company that had uh, a an opportunity to move me to a larger market, uh, right. GTA, and be responsible for a, a, a very large sales organization in, in Toronto, uh, business development uh, professionals, and um, and and really a, a business. So the, the, a mandate that would really be far beyond what I had at the time. So right. again, I, I kind of looked at that and I said, well. This brings me into a business-to-business environment where I can I can really learn new skills, uh, work with new people, 
Uh, I'm going to have to build a team in a much different environment. And, um, and so, so really, and on top of that, they were going through some of their own change. They, they were bringing in new technology to optimize their sales team. Uh, so I was, I was part of a, a North American project. I was one of uh, five panelists uh, uh, on the steering committee that essentially brought in a customized CRM to help optimize a, a sales team of 200. Yeah. So, so it was, uh, so there was just so much there for me to learn from and develop and grow that I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pass the opportunity. So, um, yeah. and, and very similar to, uh, you know, I was recognized, I was recognized for the, for those accomplishments and those projects. Um, but again, you know, about four or five years uh, after that mandate, another company was looking for a sales transformation. And, uh, and uh, again, uh, now I'm responsible for $110 million PNL, uh, a branch network of, of, of 10 uh, physical locations, 10 outside reps, you know, uh, a very big business. And, uh, and again, the, you know, I just came back from a trip to Amsterdam on a global sales conference where our pilot is, you know, being used all over the world. And, um, and, and this is really, uh, again, it's, it's just another, it's another evolution in, in sort of, I've always believed that, and, and again, I believe this is one of the things I, I, I discovered early through the program, which was, you know, you always have to move outside your comfort zone. A little bit, right? Yes. Well, you need yeah. because as soon as you do, it expands, and 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 once you you know sort of feel that comfortable in that zone, you need to find a new yeah. zone, and that yes. really takes you to a new level of performance, of of leadership, of of opportunity, and all of those types of things. So, yeah, and and there's also a space of patience, right? Like so, it's like you know you were like just looking at this, you were you know. Uh, five years, you know, full time and then pretty well five years full time and then three and a half years. And, you know, now you've been three plus years or so. And, and you know, and obviously there's lots more uh, road on at the Nedco experience. But, you know, one of the things that I wanted to sort of, again, describe to the young leaders is if, if someone were to check out Andrew's LinkedIn, you'd see all these wins, right? You'd see the win, the win, the win. So. Um, and that that's one of the great things about a results economy opportunity is I can show a win and I can show a win. I can create a win. And again, like you said, not getting too far in your comfort zone. So I know I can go achieve this. I know I can go win this. And then again, I'm getting recognized. And then, so, so that's really important. Um, you know, and, and again, it lets people move successfully through their career with were, were people reaching out to you, Andrew, or was it just okay? You're 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 taking a look at the marketplace, um, you know, at these times, sort of seeing, oh, maybe the you know these these opportunities are, are are reaching their end, or were opportunities coming out? How did that work for you? Especially today's age, the way information travels, you know, I I would say um, I get uh, a few recruit, uh, at least a handful of recruiters a month that uh, that, that 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 are reaching out. And it's it's back to what you said. It's really a um, one opportunity creates a whole uh, set of accomplishments and experiences, which sets you up for another one. And it doesn't in in the past you you know you really had to go try to find those links yourself. Nowadays, yes. yeah. not the case. 
you know, yeah. people, people can see what you've done, what you've accomplished and where, how you've positioned yourself. Your, your, your LinkedIn tells a story. And, yeah. um, uh, and again, it, it's, for me, it's always been, um, it, it's interesting. I, I, I sort of look at my career the same way I look at building teams, which is I always have a bench, right? And, right. And, yeah. uh, and, and when I, when I have a sales team, I have a strong bench of people who can come in and perform and, right. uh, and that keeps the team going. You know, similar in that my career, I'm always evaluating opportunities, looking for uh, ways I can take my career to the next level with patience in mind. I need to execute on my current mandate. I need to uh, create that story because I've, I've met all sorts of people who, you know, jump one year, one year, one year, one year. And they don't make in all of that experience, they don't tell a story. So yeah. you're right. There's a very delicate balance. Um, but Absolutely. Uh, typically, uh, people see that they 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 come to me. I I create a I create sort of a list of you know what what where do I want to go? How do I want to sort of uh, what direction in my career is the next best logical step for me? And and usually it's just time and opportunity at that point. You know, I've executed my mandate. Do I have another one? Do I have an opportunity to really take it to another level, or or not? In which case, I can be better served uh, over here. And those opportunities are usually sitting in a queue, right? So it's that's typically how I, I look at it. Yeah, no, I think that's really wonderful. And again, like the reality is obviously organizations know this. Organizations, in fact, I know, I'm sure, because I know you've talked to me as well in the past about mentorship, you know, they're helping mentor you, you know, and again, obviously, you know, with the goal potentially to keep you in the organization, but sometimes as well, there is no mandate to keep you growing. Right. And they know that, okay, well, then we're at risk for Andrew leaving. We're at risk for Joe leaving. Like, that's just um, how it is with top performers. Now, obviously, you want to hold on to all of your top performers, and uh, organizations know you can't, you know, all the time. So it's, you know, that they've got a mandate to, like you said, keep a great bench, <laughs> right? And in case somebody leaves and who's strong, okay, great. We've, 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 got a, we've got a back plan, you know, and we're, we're, we're moving, moving forward. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think I think um, you're absolutely right. And and you know, again, I, I uh, I've been loyal to every company I've worked for. I, I don't think we're talking about um, you know being jumpy or anything like that. I think it, I think, but I think it is really just making sure that you know both the organization and the employee are aligned around growth development. And and when they and when you're being invested in, and that's one of the reasons I stayed at Student Works and and program so long. Yeah, I was I was. Heavy Heavily invested in. There were many years that I said I can do this again because there's still so much more to learn. There's still more, so much more growth I can achieve, and I feel that way about my current opportunity. Yeah. There's still, I mean, this is uh, turning into a very exciting opportunity. Even after two years, there's a lot of road ahead in terms of the impact I can have in this organization. So, no kidding, no kidding. And 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 as well, why don't you speak to mentorship? Because because you know, I know to me one one of the most important things. Um, I believe as, you know, again, young or again, you know, I know mid career is having a really great mentor. Um, you know, how have you, how have you, uh, you know, in, in your jobs, post student works, you know, what have you, what have you seen and, and how do you even identify it before you take on the role? Is that something you can identify, Andrew? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. I, I, I know. A, I've been absolutely blessed and fortunate to have extraordinary mentors in my life. You know, I think of Corey uh, McKinnon, 
you know, back when I started. And it's and it really is someone who sees potential in you, who is a giving person who wants to who who it sort of uh brings me to a book I read about the five levels of leadership, um, which which gets to a point where you know, you get to sort of an altruistic people will follow you because you have, you believe in them and you, and you invest in them and, uh, people get fulfillment, uh, you know, out of creating leaders, uh, and creating leaders who will then lead. And yes. that's, that's just a, so, so I saw that in Corey and, and he, he demonstrated all that for me, uh, Chris yourself. Um, you know, and, and I'll give you an example of, of, of leadership or, or mentorship uh, in, uh, at Reliance. Right. Coming out of one of the things I was the most worried about leaving the program was it feels like all the best leaders are, are here. Am I, am I going to, like, are they out there too? You know, I'm not yeah. sure because yeah. I've, been, I've been fortunate to work with such phenomenal people. I was very, very lucky that, that when I moved to Ottawa on a mandate, I had a phenomenal coach and mentor, Julian LeBlanc, who's now the president of Blueprint Consultants, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, mm-hmm. has his hand in five or six different things. Right. And, um, you know, he, he, uh, I had started running. You know, this is about 2012. And I was never really a big runner. Right. Julian took it on himself to start coaching and mentoring me. And one of the fondest memories I have in life is... We were, it was my first half marathon. We're, you know, sort of in the last kilometer and we're running together. He's run many marathons before and, right. and you, know, you could tell he was just sort of prancing to the end. I, <laughs> I, was, I was dying. Yeah. I was dying. Um, and he looked at me and he said, Andrew, uh, whether you if, if you, if you sort of slow down and walk through, you'll finish. If you speed up and, and run it through, you'll finish. How do you want to remember the finish? Because the entire race you just ran is going to take on a different uh, meaning and perspective on the, based on the next kilometer. And I took off. I passed 20 people. I had my arms up in the air. I was an absolute champ. And I'll never forget it. That's the power that a mentor can get out of you, can get the best, uh, see the best and bring out the best in you. And I've been so fortunate that in every role I've had, I've I've been surrounded by great mentors. Well, you know, it's it's funny because I think sport provides such a great role for business as well, right? It's like how do we want to how do we want to do our day to day, Andrew? I'd say I want to do it extraordinarily well. You know, that's what I'm. That's my goal. You know, I'm 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 set. I'm ready, and I'm going to have an amazing day. And and so a lot of people don't really see it that way. It's like, no, hey, let's let's really get some fantastic results today. Let's really execute on the plan and. Um, you know, having consistently days like that, well, first of all, get you awesome careers and great results in the world, but it just feels great. Just like you, you know, it just, how am I going to finish that marathon? It just feels great, you know? And so, so when you get again, connected and, and, uh, addicted to that, then it's great, you know? So, so no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Thanks for sharing that, that story, Andrew. Um, so, how did you know running a business was the right thing for you? Like early on, you know, what were some of the signs? Um, I think that I, I knew I wanted to run a business because I knew I, I always gravitated towards responsibility. 
I, I needed to be the owner. I needed to be responsible and to be, you know, good, uh, good or bad. I needed to be the owner. Um, and I don't know really how to articulate that, but better, but, but I think, you know, there are, there are people in life who, who need, who, who just need to be, uh, the guide, the per, the person who makes decisions, who executes on a plan, who wears the result. And, um, and there's no better, better way to, uh, to be in that position than to be a business owner or to be an entrepreneur or a, a leader in an organization. Um, you know, with responsibility can come, you know, follows a lot of good things and a lot of challenging things. Right. For sure. But, but that's an exciting career. That's a, that's a career worth having. Uh, there's a lot of people you run into who are just clocking the time, putting in the time. And, uh, and that's never an existence that I, that I really saw for myself, you know? So I learned that pretty early and, uh, and, and thankfully, um, I, I was always quick to say, yeah, that's more responsibility. That's, that's more mandate. I want that. Right. And, and that was always a compass for me. So, yeah. Yeah. No. And again, I, I make up and again, I don't know that experience. So I can't say from personal experience, what just, you know, putting in your time is because I don't do that, obviously <laughs> not part of my MO, but, but I, I, that doesn't seem nearly as fun. You know, it's like, again, it's like, you know, you just go, Hey, you go play some pickup basketball. Well, how are you going to play? To me, I play all out. You know, that's the only way I know how to play anything. So it's like, you know, and again, people kind of just, oh, well, not really all that interested. Doesn't seem that interesting. You know, at the end of the game, it's like, wow, we really, we really went for that. That was fun. Right. And win or lose. So what about entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship? Because again, a lot of times I, I always, I always think that there's really not that big a difference. Like there's a bunch of differences, but like you got a hundred million dollar mandate. Like, you know, it's pretty crazy in terms of the, the role and responsibility you have. Again, I think I think I've always sort of said to myself, um, opp opportunities, whether out on my own running a business or whether being a, a leader within a, a corporate environment, um, they take on similar. Uh, there's a lot of similarities in terms, right. of, you know, responsibility to people, responsibility for performance, um, and and the reality is, is is you know, good companies need. Intra, you know, entrepreneurs with sure. that entrepreneurial spirit. And, and I've seen that. So it's, but, but absolutely there's, there's, there's no question that entrepreneur, uh, having an entrepreneurial spirit will always be a part of me. And, and I'll be looking, uh, I continually look for ways that I can sort of expand and have, have, uh, uh, you know, opportunities outside of my career path, because I think, I think everybody, you know, anybody I've met who's uh, seen outstanding success has had different imp impacts in different areas of their life and um and that sort of thing so right right and, and certainly again I, I imagine that that's still a possibility hey all of a sudden there was something you know again i still see people spend a long time in a corporate career and then jump out and all of a sudden there's just an amazing opportunity uh, you know etc so what have been your biggest failures or mistakes and how have you learned from those andrew i i would say my biggest mistake would be settling on the wrong people. Uh, okay. You know, one of the things I've really needed to, to build in myself. So just, if you know me, I see the good in everybody. I, I, I try, I try to find the best of everybody. Yeah. And there's another component to that, which is 
there are some people that will not get it done for you. Yes. And my mandate, every mandate I've had has uh, included building a high performance culture and a high performance team. And uh, if you have the wrong people on that team, you know, it very quickly, the bottom affects the top. And um, it, it, we all heard that rotten apple uh, yeah. analogy. Close the bunch. Yeah, that, that's right. Leaders need to be courageous enough to act swiftly when they know in, instinctually that it'll it'll be good. And in every every time I've made that decision, the team's gotten better. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about over time. Once I replace that person with someone stronger, I mean immediately. Uh, your credibility, your your um, uh, your commitment to uh, results. Everybody sees that and everybody, everybody will respond to that. So I think in my career, especially earlier on finding that and and being able to act on that quickly, you know, I, I, there were times I dragged and and I could see it and I could experience that, that shift. Uh, And, and now in my career, you know, I'm a lot quicker. (laughs) So Um, yeah. I think I think that that's that's definitely an area that I've I've had to focus on uh, in leadership. Yeah, no, that's something similar, Andrew. And again, our personality profiles are very similar, and so that's something as well we've seen in our organization. Again, performance standards. Here's where they are. That person's not at them. Sorry, we love you, and this just won't work. You're not going to get the results you need. And again, like you said, it's it's the top blows up, and that you know, how can these other people participate in the organization? They're not doing the same thing, right? So it's discrediting it. Yeah. And and the other component to that, which which sometimes we forget, is that uh, we are actually doing a huge service to that person for helping them find uh, an an opportunity that's better. works. 100%. Absolutely. And and in many cases, uh, uh, there's relief. Uh, when When you get to that realization, uh, who's going to be bold enough to call it out? Usually, it's it's the it's the manager, it's the leader. You know that's yeah, right. it's the powerful leader for sure, and that's the opportunity, like you said. And again, it's there's nothing wrong. There's a, like it's just this person because you know again, I, I'm sure the the recruiting processes that you're running, Andrew, are 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 thorough, and you're really finding really strong people, and then it's just not working. So it's like something's wrong. Maybe they need another spot on the bus. They need some other space that they're going to go flourish in. So that's let's let's be clear, we can coach there we can coach some people through that if they have the right DNA. Sometimes we miss it. We miss the there's a there's there's a part of that DNA that's just not there and can be coached in, right? So yeah. that's where you have to you know make that decision. So so uh as you went from a teenager university student to a business owner or you know the huge value creator in the real world, what did you need to change about yourself? Change about myself. Uh, I, I, I mean, what I needed to change about myself was my story, right? right I, okay. I needed to build my. I needed to find a story, a, a resume, uh, and a set of experience that um, would give me credibility out there. I, I, you know, I think that's the biggest thing when you're a young, younger person. You have skills, and you have, um, you know, you have personality traits. You have you have core. Um, Components that will help you be successful, but there's another part of that, which is what's your what's your list of act, what's your list of accomplishments? What's your experience level? How how do you go from 
you know, coming out of school into a really impactful leadership position, because I'm going to tell you that's, it's not that common. Um, you, you, you really, and, and, and more, more and more recruiters and certainly myself included look for people who have a track record because through a track record, it's a future indication of performance. Um, so again, for me, what did I need to change about myself? I needed to change the fact that I had all these skills, but I had really no, like I didn't have a story behind it to really, uh, to tell to, you know, to potential recruiters. And that was, that was me sitting in a philosophy class, you know, with 800 people thinking they all have the same story as me right now. They might not all have the same skill, but they all have a similar story, you know, so how do I, how do I change that? And, uh, and again, this, uh, this program was monumental in getting that, that trajectory up and, and, oh, you know, I did this, you know, I paid for my university tuition uh, within a couple of years of uh, the program. I, I led people, uh, recruited and led people and uh, had to bang on, you know, bang on doors looking for work and, and all sorts of things that helped us drum up business for the summertime. And, and that was, it was very evident that, you know, that, that was all, uh, Normal people weren't prepared to do that. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, no, no. Well, one of my favorite things is, you know, don't ever call me average. Don't want to be average. Don't want any part of average, right? So, yeah, and 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 so if you want, like, we have people who come into our program, and obviously the you know for the leaders listening to the leaders of tomorrow podcast, I imagine they want exceptional, like, or I know why you're listening. You know, they I want exceptional in my life, and so. If you want exceptional, you're doing things that normal people don't want to do. You know, you know, it's like it's like, no, I am I am willing to crush it. I am, you know, like what is Will Smith talks about? I'm willing to die on a treadmill. I'm willing to die on a treadmill, you know, and 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 so it's just I'm willing to work so hard that whatever it takes, it takes. And I'm just going to go do it. And and that's pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, and uh, uh, but I get it. And, and that's what that's. And it's alluring and exciting for people in our organization. And then they go out and have real big careers because they're, they're like you said, you're placing those story and you sort of say it's a story, but, um, and I know what you mean by it. It's a story crafted in here's another result. Here's another result. Here's another result. And there's an arc like that's The other thing as well is, is uh, for our leaders, what Andrew's also saying is, is there's an arc of, there's an ongoing successful thing and that it's a step by step by step, you know, so, some people, and not to say that it it's, you know, Hey, to go and take a holiday or going, okay, Hey, I took, I took a few months off to go travel Europe or, or, or something all good, no problem. But you know, if people step down in their roles, Hey, I used to be this. And now I took this job over here. Naturally a leader, you know, a, a recruiter is going to go, why did they do that? that? Will they do that to us? Because trust me, at Netco, they don't want Andrew stepping down. They don't, they want Andrew stepping up, right? And he's got a hundred million dollar mandate now, and how many years he's got a you know half 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 a billion and then a billion, whatever, right? Like that's what they want from their leaders and their organization. And so if if you just continue showing that ongoing mandate, ongoing growth, then that's that's what people want. Because and because they're not that many people do, doing that. So it's, and it's, and what we're describing, by the way, is not easy. Okay. So, you know, Andrew's career has been, you know, incredible, but it's, it's totally possible. 
you know, and, and, you know, if you're looking to, to, to do it, these are the types of things you need to do. So, you know, just speaking to that, if someone wanted to do what you do, what key habits would they have to steal from you? What's the secret to your success? Very, very simple. You know, uh, it's, it's about being punctual, uh, punctual and present, you know, you have to, um, you have to show people that you're engaged. You have to be uh, courteous of their time. Uh, you have to be trustworthy. You know, you have to be a person who um, they they know they can depend on. Uh, where you do what you say. You know, um, you have to follow through with your commitments, right? Uh, so those types of things. And and you know, I really believe in the law of attraction that right. you uh, that you project what you you project what you expect back. And and. And that um, uh, that comes from being courteous. You know, I, I work with a phenomenal uh, individual right now. His name's Jason Rodriguez. And he said, you know, whether you're working as a CEO or whether you're working as a, a janitor, you treat people all the same way. And, uh, you know, th- I think that that's just, and that means being polite. That means being courteous. And that means treating everybody. And And I think that, People, people notice that. That really does do. go, go no, that goes very uh, noticed, and and people notice the opposite. But those are just those are really just. And I and I I, I know I learned those uh, early in my career in the program, right? But I think um, uh, it's very evident that those are habits that that successful people have. Yeah. No, I love I love that, Andrew. Um, you know, it's like the um, a lot of times when people are looking to recruit top executives, they'll, they'll say, Hey, why don't we go for dinner? Or why don't we go over here? And why don't we spend a day together? And, um, really what they're looking for is how you treat people around you. Right. Like, you know, Oh, look, this fork's not clean, you know, like, and, and by the way, if a fork's not clean, you're at a nice dinner, like that's reasonable to request a clean fork. Right. You know? And, and so it's like, Oh, Sir, I just you know wanted to wanted to point this out. Wanted to show you this. And oh, okay, great. You know, there's a way to do that. Are, and you why, to, are you trying to make that that person that business better, or are you trying to strip them down? And yeah. absolutely, there's a way. Yeah. To do that. Okay, it, so. it, you're right. That's actually a frame of reference as well. And there's also just the frame of reference is being a decent human being, right? That's the other thing, right? Is like why am I why am I going to be a decent human being all the time? And those things, and this is a great thing for our leaders listening to this, that's what they're listening for. And again, it's like a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm coming in, I'm meeting with the cheese, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Vice President or whatever, and I'm, I'm all about them. And then it's like the executive assistant or the people around them as they came in, how do they treat them? Because guess what? Those, the VP or the CEO or whatever are going to ask those people, what did you see? Oh yeah, he really, yeah, he's, he's a jerk, you know, she's a jerk, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it really is great, you know, sort of getting that, um, you know, just, you know, and, and as well, it's like, uh, people won't trust you because you're not trustworthy. Like that's part of it as well as it's pretty simple standard. It's like, Hey, you're not trustworthy. If I'm going to treat this person this way in the light, but in the darkness, uh, whatever. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's always habit based, right. You know, why are you going to be, you know, just. Here's my habit. I'm going to treat everyone nice. Absolutely. The in, and the industry I'm in now, the in, industries I've been in before, uh, they're small communities. Uh, your reputation precedes you. Uh, when uh, you know big deals are on the line and and people's careers are on the line, 
Uh, it only takes one, uh, you know, there's so many moment, moments of truth in your career and yeah. it doesn't take long for, uh, for that to catch up to you for sure. Yeah. No. And it's funny as well as, is is that, you know, just how small the world is, right. You, you keep bumping into these people, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, be, be nice. They, you know, they might be your boss down the road, right. Or whatever, you know? So, yeah. So, or, or across from the table, do they, are they going to buy this or not? Right. So. So one final question, Andrew, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? I think uh, I, I sort of touched back on it earlier in this podcast. I, I, um, I think a leader of tomorrow is, is someone who understands how the economy is shifting, how the marketplace is shifting, how businesses need to transform, and is, is, is someone who can help companies because companies need help. They need help, uh, uh, somebody to come in and be bold, to be um, charismatic, someone that can help them shape culture, uh, shape opinions uh, and behaviors. And whether that's, again, inside an organization or whether that's creating value in a a new uh, startup or, you know, um, like I I think that's what a leader does. A leader takes understands how business is moving and is able to be that person who helps companies transform. Because back to, back to what I said before, if, if, a, if a company doesn't learn how to adapt, they die. Um, and, and frankly, many do. And the reason many do is because they don't have great leadership uh, that, that have the courage to uh, take people through the change management process uh, necessary to, to, to get to where they want to go. So that, you know, that, that to me is what a leader is, is able to do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Andrew, I love, I loved our, 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 our meeting today. I really appreciate you spending time. Uh, I know you were, you were uh, in Vegas, in Europe on, on award trips and, you know, presenting to your, uh, you know, your, your organization. And so I know you've been crazy as heck. And so thank you so much for spending time with us today on our podcast. It's of course my pleasure, Chris. Thank you very much. Awesome. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Hey leaders, we have more great content for you coming up that I know you will love. So if you are listening and you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. And if you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed. Better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering key habits and insights that can assist them in having super powerful careers.